Boom, shake the room, Fire Nation. Today's audio masterclass is Thinking Like an Artist with Mike Casey. Mike is a do-it-yourself saxophonist and songwriter with a powerful sound and creative outlook on both music and entrepreneurship. His fans include the Huffington Post, NPR Music, Evernote, Spotify, and more. And he has managed to hit nearly 2 million streams in the first two years of his recording career without a record label or a team, which is rare if not unheard of in jazz. And we're going to be talking about the law of attraction, asking, and then what? Breaking down the truth about improvisation and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsor. We love saving time and money, and you can save both with SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes. Compare rates, print stamps and shipping labels, and track shipments all in one place. Get a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale. Visit pb.com slash fire. We use online reviews to help us make choices every day, so why should finding the right software be any different? Visit capterra.com slash fire for free today to find the tools to make an informed software decision for your business. Capterra, that's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash fire. Capterra, software selection simplified. Mike, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hey, Fire Nation. It's great to be here. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you, John, for having me. Yeah. Um, I, something about me that most people don't know is that I actually was trying to make the NBA when I was younger. It wasn't saxophone. It wasn't music at first. Um, I was playing music, but I really... I gravitated towards it and I was good at it, but I wasn't really putting that much time into it. Um, I was really obsessed with basketball, actually. I mean, I'd, like, I ate, sleep, and breathed basketball nonstop. How um, far did you get? Well, I was on on the travel team in middle school. I was on the school team in middle school. Oh, I, this isn't starting I, off good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> exactly. I was like, did you make D1? Like, where's your name? Like, kind of shuffled around in the draft corners. But it's good to have big yeah. dreams, Fire Nation. It's good to have aspirations. And I think, Mike, you have found your calling, brother. And yeah. I'm excited today because Fire Nation... We like to think like businessmen. We like to think like businesswomen. We like to think like entrepreneurs. But today we're going to talk about thinking like an artist. And as you heard from the intro, Mike is an artist extraordinaire. So let's dive in because I want to know how your upbringing played a role into your outlook as an artist and now musicpreneur. I was kind of raised in in a culture of questioning. Um, that's That's certainly part of it. And that, that helps me both on the artist side and the business side. Um, and even the way I not mix the two, they don't, they don't ever mix, but how they coexist side by side, you know, in their own separate sides of my head. (laughs) Um, and that is that, uh, I was raised Jewish and in the, not to get too into that, but in that culture, um, you're taught to question everything. It's, it's actually part of, part of that. It's very part of it. Um, so you grow up and, you know, you don't really ever take anything for face value. You always think, well, why does this work? Why is, why doesn't it work this way? Uh, oh, I can't do this. Why do, why are you saying I can't do this? So that sort of thing, like I, I kind of grew up learning to not take no for an answer. I kind of grew up thinking and learning and believing that I could mold my own reality in a very literal and spiritual sense. 
Um, and I grew up using those types of uh, kind of mental molds in my art. And, you know, later when I had to start monetizing my art at age 18, um, you know, through to when now I'm 25, that that has also helped greatly in that that side of things as well. And also even in the mindset that you can even do that, because unfortunately in the jazz community, there's a lot of uh, what I call starving artist syndrome. There's oh, a yeah. lot of romanticization of the starving artist. There's a lot of skepticism of anyone's of of anyone who's successful in any way. <laughs> um, and there's that it's not healthy and it's not good. And um, you know, you have you kind of have to put that to rest if you want to actually do the art, which is the ironic part. You have to really be okay with, yeah, okay, this is going to make money so that I can make more art. And making art is the goal, but you need money to do it. It's just that simple. So a lot of people will tell you, Mike, and they'll tell me that their biggest fear is public speaking. They just can't imagine themselves being in front of an audience of people and speaking. And I would actually tell them that that might be their biggest fear until they know what actually improv is and getting up and having to act and react and just be really capable of improvisation in general in life because that is something that is such an absolute challenge. So let's talk about the truth of improvisation and how we can actually use it to connect more dots in our life and maybe even connect our right and our left brain, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I always try to tell people and show them is that really we're improvising all the time. I mean, this conversation we're having right now is is improvised. Any yeah. conversation either of us had today was improvised. We don't we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, you know, yeah, we might have a plan for the day, but things change and we have to adapt. Um, improvisation in art is a lot quicker, I would say, and it it does rely on some sort of understanding of language, but that's not that different from you know, the language we're speaking right now, English or anyone's language. You learn that language, you learn the alphabet, you learn the grammar, and then you can mold things on the fly and say things and communicate things in vague or specific ways in real time. And doing that with music is not that different. I mean, music is its own language. Music has many languages within it, many dialects. And essentially in in the music that I primarily play, which is jazz, that's what we're doing. We learn to speak a language. We learn to invent our own words as well. We learn to invent our own sentences and own ways, unique ways of kind of codifying our own personal artistic language in addition to the core language. And you learn to improvise with that and you learn to really embrace the spontaneity uh, at a really high level and to kind of just let things flow um, and realize that there's not really mistakes. And even if there are, if there is a mistake, it's actually an opportunity. It's it's an opportunity to play something else. You know, if I play a wrong, a so-called wrong note, well, it's not wrong if I make the the three notes after that note or after that line sound like they were meant to be played right after that thing that only I know is a mistake. You know. <laughs> Sometimes, Fire Nation, we just need to let things flow. You just need to let things yeah. flow. I mean, think about this. Why do some of your best ideas sometimes come in the shower or when you're drifting off in thought or this or that? It's because you stress over things too much. Like you just sort of overthink things and you can't get there. But then you just take your mind off of it for a minute and boom, there it is. Just let things flow sometimes. And then by the way, that can help you get into flow. And something that has to do with improvisation, I would love for you to kind of speak to Mike is asking that question and then what? Speak to that. 
And then what? This is the thing that's always going in my head, whether I've got the saxophone in my hands or not. <laughs> and then what? And then what? And then what? How does this connect to this? Um, I mean, that's just something that it, part of my upbringing and also part of my musical training is just like it's just like an, on an auto loop in my head, uh, for better or for worse. And I think what I try to do in in the art and also in how I kind of run the career side is really just try to make everything connect and connect not always in the most um, not always in the most you know uh, like classic or expected way. I think that there is a lot to gain from experimenting and maybe the connection to the outside world maybe seems like it's hanging on a thread like oh that's kind of a weak connection but as long as you believe that these two ideas whether it's music or something else as long as you believe that they are connected and you really really truly believe it and you can back up at least to yourself why you think this will work or why you think these this supports this or this connects to this in this way that that can that can move things that can really, you know, make a dent and it can make a huge difference. And that, I mean, that just comes from like really being um, accepting of yourself, but also being accepting of your gut too. I think going back to overthinking, sometimes when we overthink, we actually look for the best idea. So, you know, so-called, oh, what's the most optimal way? And of course that's good in, in some ways. And there's definitely a place for that. But sometimes the ideas that maybe I'll call the moonshot ideas, the ones that are just like insanely incredible. Those ones, I think for me, often come from uh, just letting it flow and and not questioning, like questioning, I always question everything, but not necessarily questioning myself as much. Question. I question the outside world. I don't, I, I question myself, but not as often as I do the outside world. And I think trusting yourself kind of plays into that. I mean, that's a very like, far-reaching like artsy way of explaining all that i hope some of that made at least some sense <laughs> let's talk about looking to the future though because in music as in life and in business there's some benefits to looking into the future but there's also some detriment as well i mean you have to know about what you're going to be playing as you are kind of going through some riffs and things along those lines and you know and in business and in life, you know, we have to, to know that there's a stoplight coming up if we're driving a car or, you know, if it's coming up to the end of the month and we don't have enough money for payroll. So, I mean, there is some looking into the future that needs to be done, but speak to that. What are your thoughts around that whole concept? Planning is is really key and, and setting goals is really key. I definitely uh, agree with that and I, I use that all the time. Um, I think being flexible is has actually kind of balancing flexibility with the goals so that everything kind of links up like in hindsight if you were to look back on it sometimes that's how i actually look at things is if i was to look back on what i'm doing now six months from now would i say that this goal was accomplished uh, in the way i wanted the most optimal way the most creative way in the way that kind of moved the needle for me and my music whether artistically or otherwise business-wise, whatever, did, does it all link up and, and kind of taking myself out of the now at the right time can definitely help with that. Looking into the future is very key. And I think <clears throat> I'm a big believer in law of attraction and, and that actually deliberately often is like envisioning the future in your head, really holding a vision in your mind of what you want, what you're seeking and allowing the universe <clears throat> to deliver that to you as long as you, of course, put the work in as well alongside that. We'll talk a little bit more about that law of attraction. I mean, you obviously do believe in it, as you just mentioned. Is there power in it? What is the power in it? I do believe there's power in it. I think that um, 
I mean, how do I even explain it? Because I'm, I'm still, I'm always trying to get better at understanding it myself. And it's funny that we're talking about this because I use it and I've been using it in, you know, kind of indirect ways my, for a long time in my life. And then I remember watching the secret, that movie maybe five years ago and really getting into it more then. And then, you know, I kind of went back to using it more indirectly. Um, and then only recently in the past six months, I remember listening to an interview with Dilbert um, and he was talking about he's he's done amazing things by writing his goals down. And my goals, I always just keep in my head. And I've started writing my goals down. Um, and for me, it's funny. I think, I, I don't know if it's just that I'm not as good at it, at it yet, uh, law of attraction wise, but the goals in the head seem to move quicker for me than the goals I write down. <laughs> but I'm going to get better at that because I want to see, I know it will work. I just need to improve my skill and my affinity for it and my belief in it. That's part of it is I know that I'm, I'm sort of skeptical of this because I've been doing it this other way so long. But the other thing is reading um, The Attractor Factor by Joe Vitale. That, that really changed a lot for me and, and kind of delving into specific ways and realizing that everything that happens does happen for a reason. And a lot of the time, most of the time, it's something that we have triggered consciously or unconsciously and trying to dig into my subconscious and figure out why this happened for better or for worse and try to understand. And I, I, I think there's a lot to it. And a lot of it comes out in music and it's easy to understand the music. Sometimes it's easier to understand the musical part um, or the business part, you know, if that's both are both are passions of mine, but then the things that surround that, the life, that's where the whole gray area is. And understanding that is really, it's tricky sometimes in the moment. Fire Nation, the book that Mike's talking about is by Scott Adams, How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. It's an incredible book. Highly recommend it for all the right reasons. And Mike's been dropping some value bombs and he's got some more coming up as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsor. Whenever I'm looking for a great restaurant, a spot to pick up a quality cup of coffee, or the best new documentary to watch, I automatically look for customer reviews online, and I'm sure that you can relate. We use online reviews to help us make choices every single day, so why should finding the right software for your business be any different? It doesn't have to be. You can read thousands of real software reviews to help you find the right software for your business right now at capterra.com slash fire. With over 850,000 reviews, of products from real software users, you'll get great insights from those who've been there, done that, whenever you're looking for accounting software, marketing automation tools, or anything in between. Join the millions of people who use CapTerra each month to find the right tools for their business. Visit CapTerra.com slash fire for free today to find the tools to make an informed software decision for your business. CapTerra. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash fire. CapTerra. Software where selection simplified. There's nothing worse than wasting time and money waiting in line at the post office or overpaying for postage. Luckily, I cut that out years ago and you can too. With SendPro Online from Pitney Bowes, you can compare rates, print shipping labels and stamps, and track your shipments all without ever leaving your office. No matter what you ship or mail, SendPro Online software helps you find the best shipping rates for your business. And when you sign up today, you'll gain access to special USPS discounts and savings for letters and prices 
priority mail shipping, all for as low as $4.99 per month. An added bonus for being part of Fire Nation, you'll receive a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale shipped right to your door to help you accurately weigh your packages. With this new offer for SEMPRO Online, all you have to do is click send and save. Visit pb.com slash fire to access this special offer and get a free 30-day trial plus a free 10-pound scale to get started. That's pb.com slash fire. Experience the better way to ship with a free trial of SEMPRO online from Pitney Bowes. So Mike, we're back and I want to talk a little bit about not taking no for an answer. I mean, if you had taken no for an answer, you wouldn't be where you're at today. So talk to us about that and how Fire Nation can really absorb your thoughts and processes here. You know, this is like late 2016. I had just crowdfunded this, the first of my most recent two albums. That crowdfunding campaign went really well. Um, you know, I was kind of riding that wave and, and kind of going to various music industry stakeholders and saying, Hey, here's, here's what I've got. I raised X, you know, in X days. It's re- it's actually like a lot for a young independent jazz artist. Well, how much did you raise? Will you share? Yeah. About six grand, I think. Yeah. Um, in about, uh, about like five weeks. Um, and that was a really great campaign and it brought me very close to my fans and I'm really grateful for all their support and kind of, it had just helped move things a lot, uh, a lot further along for me uh, in advance of the album actually releasing. And I was going around, I would never forget, I was going around to various industry stakeholders. And these are people that I was willing to pay some of this money to, to actually help promote the music. I'm talking about publicists, radio promoters, this, that, and the third. And everyone was like, Mike, you're crazy for wanting to release your debut album, A, without a label. They're like, B sax bass and drums trio you know without a piano usually there would be a piano or a guitar there playing the chordal instrument in jazz for some reason that's become some for some reason they think that that's a very risky artistic decision it kind of is but it's also not the most i mean it's it's risky it's it's not the what i'm doing is not the most lcd you know backgroundy super smooth form of jazz it's actually very very uh rough you know and edgy it's it's polished enough but it's got that edge to keep you excited if that makes sense um and not only that you're releasing live albums and you're releasing two in two years that were recorded all from the same show they're like this makes no sense we can't get behind this we actually recommend almost all of them said we recommend you don't spend money on these albums because we think they're gonna flop (laughs) and i said hmm okay we'll see we'll see about that and the first one passed half a million streams in his first year and the second one passed a million streams in his first year and those are numbers are like really high potentially unheard of for a fully diy jazz artist for their like their first couple years i mean it's been two million with this other single i released it's been two million in the first two years with no label no team no nothing um and that's you know that's just something about me like i i really don't uh i don't take no for an answer even if someone says hey i won't work with you that's fine you don't have to work with me i'll figure out how to do this myself thank you very much if i need to (laughs) you know what i mean and i think just having that uh that you know um stick-to-itiveness it's really it's really key for anyone in any industry you have to know uh you just have to love what you do and you have to really be so passionate about it that all the doors could close and everyone could tell you you're crazy and you'll still do it. 
in this world, it's loud, it's crazy, it's busy, it's saturated in a lot of different areas. We have to be different. We have to be unique. We have to try new things. So how can we understand what makes us different? And then how can we use that to our advantage? Mike, speak to that. Knowing your surroundings really well. Uh, in business, they might say, know your market, you know, studying what other things are out there that, and, and what they do and under, have a very thunder understanding of what they do and why it's working or why it's not and figuring out, okay, what are the things that they're doing that I, that I can do or that I do provide, you know, well or great, you know, and then also think of the things that you can't do or that you're not as good at. And then think of the things that after you've crossed those two columns out, you're kind of left with, okay, here are the things that they're not doing that I am doing. And I think when you do that, you'll find that the list uh, of, not that I think of myself competing with other artists, that's not what I think about. But if you were to think of it like that, you might find in business that your your list of comp- competitors in those things that you're left with has shrunken a lot. And maybe you're the only one left. Um, so that sort of thinking, thinking, okay, what 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 do we both do? What do they do better than me? And then what's left after that? What are the things that I do that no one else is doing or that very few people are doing? That sort of thought process has kind of helped me understand what makes me different and what makes my story different, what makes my music different, and then thinking, okay, how can I communicate this? And just after that, you know, put a lot of work into it, see what happens. And I constantly evaluate this, uh, you know, every, every month, few months and just say, okay, what's new. What's an example of you actually doing this? Like what's, what's unique about you? What's different? So I think musically, I mean, I remember being, being a senior in in my undergrad and just kind of surveying the scene of like, okay, where are the other young saxophone players? Again, not to compete, but just to understand, okay, what are they doing that I can do? What are the things that, that they're doing that I can't do? And what are the things that are different that I bring to the table? And I, I remember looking around and thinking, okay, there's actually a lot less people going for my goal than it actually seemed like before. And I realized that because I made a, I really figured out what my goal was. My goal was to be a global artist touring the world eventually, releasing music all over the world, connecting with fans all over the world, and being true to my artistic self as much as I could be, and doing things in a way that was uh, risky and exciting for me and for and for the listeners. And uh, what I saw was emotion, really focusing more on emotion, because a lot of modern jazz today, it's become very technical and less emotional. And I wanted to really bring that back, bring the emotion back and bring the edge back and bring that, you know, just that like embracing the moment feel back. And that part of it was the part that I felt that it's not that no one else is doing this, but there are very few young jazz artists, in my opinion, doing that. In, in you know in, in my age group a little older they start to more get to it but that factored into my decision yeah i'm going to release two live albums those are they're gritty they're raw they show it all you know and there's a lot of energy in that it's not this polished super produced technical thing that just tries to demonstrate here's all all the licks i learned here's all the riffs i learned yeah i went to music school i've really tried to create something that was really real to me and in that specific way as emotional and as raw as i could um, and I thought to myself at the time, if I can do this, I know this will go somewhere because there's not that many young jazz artists doing this. Usually they're making very polished, very technical, very proficient, you know, here's what I learned in jazz school 
type of albums um, to varying degrees. And I kind of remember thinking, you know, I'm not the only one, but this actually makes it a lot easier to find my niche um, and realizing that where I come from and, you know, who I trained with, all these things, these are things that actually change how I sound and change, you know, how I can differentiate myself from other people, if that makes sense. I'm influenced by different artists than most other young saxophone players are influenced by, for example, all these sorts of things. I mean, I could go on and on, but that sort of thought process kind of played a big role in, in realizing that there doesn't need to be this crabs in a barrel mentality. We're all very different out here. What is a void that you can fill, Fire Nation? Like, what is a void that's out there that's not currently being filled in the way that you think it can and should be filled? That's a key thing, because guess what? There's a lot of people doing a lot of great things out there. Learn from them, study from them, stand upon the shoulders of giants. But when it comes down to it, be you. Be exactly who you are, your personality, your vibe, your passion, your gut, your instinct. Make that happen. Now, Mike, your fans, they include the Huffington Post, NPR Music, Evernote, Spotify, and a lot more. I mean, you've hit over 2 million streams in your first two years, and that's without a record label or a team, and it's pretty rare, if not unheard of, in the world of jazz. So what else do you want Fire Nation to know about your story? I've just been recording, touring as much as I can, trying to improve as much as an artist and on the business side as well. I am looking to build a team, so if there's any people out there that want to become a stakeholder in some way, help out, whether it's management or anything like that, booking, anything like that, I'm definitely looking for partners to help take this to the next level um, because I definitely can't do it alone. I mean, I've done a lot alone, but I'm, uh, I, you know, I don't want to do this alone forever. But uh, right now, I mean, I'm just exploring as much as I can artistically. I'm in Spain for a little while. I'm doing a year-long master's program at Berkeley College of Music's Valencia campus. And it's been the time of my life. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just excited to get back to the States uh, end of the summer and plan to keep releasing more music. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm just uh, really thrilled to be here. And, and uh, hopefully this journey inspires some people to kind of think about things differently in some way. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I guess that's about, that's about it. <laughs> well, that being said, what would you say the one takeaway, one vibe that you really want people to take away from our chat today? What is that? The spirit of things, you know, the intent you have to, in, in, in music and jazz, we say you have to mean what you play. You have to mean what you play with every fiber of your being. And if you do that, you know, you will, you'll reach the listener. They'll feel something and you have to put so much energy into every little thing you do um, and make it look effortless at the same time. And I think, um, you know, that, that type of passion that we see in the music industry that artists exhibit, that the people on the business side who are amazing at what they do, that they exhibit, it's not unlike serial entrepreneurs in a way. I mean, every time I take a solo, I'm building a solo. I think uh, I mean, I, these album art that I, I designed, these last few albums, I did basically on myself. Um, I think uh, realizing like the underlying principle of what you actually love is really cool. And of course, I love music, but I think the underlying part of that is I love to build things. I mean, when I was really young, I used to love Legos. I, you know, I dabble in artwork design. You know, every time I take a solo, I'm building a solo. Every time I write a song, I'm building a song. I'm taking nothing and turning it into something. And entrepreneurs do that. Um, I mean, that's, that's a huge part of it. And I think um, 
you know, realizing like the core skills and the core passions. It's not just, oh, I love entrepreneurship. What about it do you love? It's not just, oh, I love business or, oh, I love, you know, scaling things and then selling them or whatever, whatever your niche within entrepreneurship is. Figuring out what you really love is really key. Like for me, it's, it's more of like, yeah, I love music and, and jazz and saxophone and all that. But realizing that I actually, underlying all that, it's about building. You know, every time I take a solo, I'm building a solo. Every time I write a song, I'm building that song. And I've spent a lot of time learning how to build these, build certain things in certain ways and, and processes that allow me to go in a zillion different directions, but while still building and not being tied down to any one thing, as long as I'm building, I'll be happy. <laughs> and I think uh, it's, it's key for anyone in any industry, especially entrepreneurship, to really understand uh, what is that thing that, you know, underlies what you do that you really love. Fire Nation, you know this. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with MC and JLD, so keep up the heat. And Mike, where can Fire Nation find out more about you? Give us that final call to action. Sure. So my website is MikeKCJazz.com. That's M-I-K-E-C-A-S-E-Y-J-A-Z-Z.com. I also like to keep in touch directly with people. So if you have a cell phone, which you probably do, Hit up textmike.me, leave your info. We can keep in touch via text. I have a new song. I'm dropping new music all the time. I'll personally shoot you a text with a link to listen. I'd love to keep in touch with anyone here. And I have a big discount on merchandise and music on my store just for Fire Nation. If you go to uh, mikecasejazz.com slash fire and you type in code Fire Nation, I believe, you'll get, I think, 40% off. Fire Nation, check that out, MikeCaseyJazz.com to learn more about Mike and MikeCaseyJazz.com slash fire because going to bring you to the store, promo code Fire Nation, 40% off. And Mike, I just want to say thank you for sharing your value bombs with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, JLD. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks everyone listening. Hey, Fire Nation, today's value bomb content was brought to you by Mike Casey. And if you're ready to master productivity and discipline and focus in just 100 days, well, check out the Mastery Journal and you'll have the exact system you need to ignite. Visit themasteryjournal.com. Use promo code podcast for a nice little discount. And thank you for listening to my podcast. I'll catch you there, Fire Nation, or I'll catch you on the flip side. We use online reviews to help us make choices every single day. So why should finding the right software be any different? Visit capterra.com slash fire for free today to find the tools to make an informed software decision for your business. Capterra, that's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash fire. Capterra, software selection simplified.